All right, if you would, turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 3 with me. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, verse 5, and we'll read verse 6 also. Should be a pretty familiar scripture reference. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Let's pray as we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I'm asking that you would, uh, Lord, that you would Speak through me, Lord, that, that it would not be my message, my doing, my work, Lord, but that it would be your words, your message, uh, what you're trying to get across, Lord. And I just pray that each and every man, woman, child in this service this morning, Lord, that their heart would be open, that their heart would be ready to receive your spirit. Uh, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, what I'm talking about this morning, tap out. I'm talking about tapping out, but I'm also talking about growth. Now, um, any of you, you taller men, you, you know what I'm talking about, and maybe some of you taller ladies have been there before, where growth can be painful at times. It can hurt, right? Now, when I was younger, and I was, a, you know, I was real short, and for whatever reason, sometimes this happens to guys, you, you chub up a bunch right before you get ready to grow, which I'm thinking I'm about ready to get shack height right now. Anyway, I remember thinking so badly because my mother, she's a short lady, and I remember thinking, I don't want her to be bigger than me my entire life. This is terrifying. It doesn't change once you get bigger than her. You're still terrified of her. <laughs> short women have that, that power of their presence. Anyway, I, I remember thinking, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be the height of the Hackworths because they're, they're kind of like hobbits. They're, they're real short, and they don't grow much. The, I don't want to be that. And... and and dad's side of the family, they're, they're pretty stumpy also, so, so I want to grow. I want to I make it. And I made it to 6'2", and I, I guess I'm good here. I don't want to grow anymore. I'm growing widthwise now. But part of that growing process was painful. And I have some teen boys that can attest to this. The pain of growing, you get pains in your legs, you get pains in your back and everything, and... I'm not the youth pastor to do it, but if I were to take off my shirt this morning, that youth pastor is Adam, I would show, <laughs> I have to get one dig every time because he, he sent me a text this morning that said, don't suck at preaching. So, now if, I could, if I could show you, I have, I have had stretch marks since the seventh grade on my lower back from where I went from five something to 6'2", and that growth was painful, it hurt my legs, it hurt my back. And in a lot of ways, growing in your Christian faith can be painful. There, there is some trimming, there's some, there some work that's being done, and it's not always a pleasant thing. Now, several weeks back, we went to, we went to Build-A-Bear. Now, how many of you have ever been to Build-A-Bear? Um, for those of you that haven't been to Build-A-Bear, Build-A-Bear answers that lifelong question of where can I go and spend $35 and put together the stuffed animal myself? <laughs> that solves that problem for you. <sighs> I apologize if you work at Build-A-Bear. <laughs> we went there three or four weeks ago, and the purpose of us going there, we were going to let Olivia and Liam build a bear for themselves, and then they were going to build one for their, for their unborn brother, Lincoln. Now, 
once we got there, we thought, we thought the concept would be, would be pretty simple for them to catch. Um, it was not by any means. <laughs> they, they just did not understand. Olivia came in there. Let me see if I can work my little remote here. Olivia came in, and she seen up there, there it was in all of its majesty, puppy princess. In all of its glory, it had its little tiara on, its little dress. And uh, will you go ahead and show them pictures? I'm, I got a new toy, and it doesn't even work. So disappointed. So, yeah, you see him there. There's Molly gently holding him, making him do it. There's Lincoln, who we're making the baby bear for. And then... Yep, there's Olivia with a very confused look on her face. <laughs> now, she's seen Puppy Princess up there. And by the way, you had to buy clothes for him, too. It had the crown on. It had the dress. It even had shoes on. And by golly, if it didn't have a necklace on it, too. And she said, I want that. Okay. We came to Build-A-Bear. We knew what we were doing. We got, we got, you got to start out at the beginning, so you just pull a skin out of the bin. And we gave that to her. Here you go, honey. Let's get started. And she, no, daddy, I want, and she set it down. I want that. Here you go. Do it. No, daddy. I, by the end of the whole thing, I, I had to go get an Annie Ann's just to calm my nerves. It was... It was a rough visit. But sometime later, I started thinking about it. Um, this happens to a lot of people, a lot of Christians. They, they see, something, see something beautiful. They see a beautiful life with Jesus, a, a beautiful relationship with him, and they want that, and that, that looks so awesome and so attainable. But where they have to start off at, it just doesn't make sense. They don't see how it could work. And really, with Build-A-Bear, it, it, the whole thing's a neat illustration, but I plan on never going back in there. <laughs> you start out with an empty skin. You take it over to the lady. She gives you, there's a little heart that goes in each one of them. And they put that in there, and they fill it with stuffing, and then you take it over and you clean it at the table. And how much of that is a picture of the Christian life where Jesus would take us while we were, while we were empty and, and kind of formless and, and turn us into something beautiful and crown us even in eternity with beauty. And, and Olivia, she just could not get that concept. You want puppy princess, you've got to start out with the old ugly white skin to get us there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Tapping out. Tapping out is the term that we hear in, in wrestling or, or in MMA fighting where, where you're done. I'm done fighting. I'm done, I'm done doing the fight. My opponent wins. I'm, I'm over it. And if we could, we could substitute submit with tap out, that's a very similar word. And in our country and in our culture, we believe that if I submit I somehow lose, and I lose at life. Candace Cameron, she was under fire here recently because she put the word submit, that she submitted to her husband. She wrote that in her book. And boy, if that didn't fire up the feminazis, what else did? 
they were all over her. <clears throat> in order for us to grow spiritually, in order for us to conform more to the image of Christ, we will experience pain. You will experience discomfort. Of that, I'm sure. Because there is a purging of the fruit. There is a, a pruning process that goes on. Uh, if you'll go with me, John chapter 15 and verse 1. You can go there. I'll just read it because I'll beat you to it. I have it marked. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it might bring more fruit. Now, if you're clean through the word which I have spoken to you, abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. That word purge is easily interchanged with pruning. Now, if the pruning process for a plant is not painful, I don't know what else is. You see, in our Christian walk, there's going to be things as you're conforming to the image of Christ. You're going to have to have things removed from your life. You're going to have to have things inserted into your life. And the process sometimes is easy, but sometimes it's really difficult. I work with teenagers. They face peer pressure every day, and I believe it's a lot worse now than what it was before because years ago, before Facebook, before we had all this social media, once you left school, you were done with it. Then, then people, you wouldn't see them till the next day at school. But nowadays, you take it with you. It's with you when you go to home, to your house. It's with you when you have your phone out. It's with you everywhere. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pruning that has to be done. And it's all necessary. Jesus makes that very, very clear. It is all necessary for us. We must submit. We must tap out in the process of us following God. The process of us believing. <clears throat> in, um, in Proverbs chapter 3, in verses 11 and 12, back where we were, but a little bit further down, it's written, it says, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those who he loves. As a father, the son he delights. This is a picture of a surgeon. If you think about it, if you knew nothing about, if you knew absolutely nothing about surgeon, you had a clean slate for your mind and you, you went into one of them rooms where you got to observe a surgery. That is the picture of it. The purging, the not resisting. As you think about it, a surgeon, if a, if a man goes in with a heart defect and it needs to be fixed in order for him to survive, in order for him not to pass away, for him to live, the surgeon has to Take the scalpel and make the cut. There are small cuts, small incisions made. Painful, yes, but necessary, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So this purging, this, this not resisting, that is, that is the picture of conforming to Christ. It is going to be difficult. I cannot emphasize that enough, but it is so worth it. In order for you to be better in your relationship, in order for you to be closer to God, closer to Christ, you have to step up. You have to make that step. With young adults, with teenagers, the question comes down to not if, but when. When will you be faced with the most temptation? When will you deal with threats, with ridicule for your faith? It's very real. And as, as a youth minister, as a parent, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough to prepare my children, my students, to be able to stand, stand fast in their faith, to stand up to that? Sometimes I wish, as a Christian, we had that intensity that the Muslims do, where it, when, they, when they start backing away from their faith, we take it very, very seriously. Not, not to the abusive side of it, but, but just to the part where we are so shocked and we are so scared and, and so fearful for their future, what's going on. Because nowadays, we, we've gotten this very, very lax approach with our young people, with our young adults, when it comes to church, when it comes to their relationship with God, where when they start backing out, we just say, I'm going to let them have their space. I'm going to let them do their own thing. Well, we never, we never take that time to caution and say, look, you're going down a dark path. I don't want you to go down there. I want you to come back because there are things that could happen that you cannot get rid of your life. You cannot get out of your life after those things happen. I don't want you to make mistakes and do damages that cannot be repaired. We step up with that intensity. The band Reliant K, I don't know how many of you know Reliant K. It's part of me being like a 90s kid. But they, they had this lyric to the song, and I, I believe that at the time, they were dealing with, with God working on them, conforming them, maybe even disciplining them. But in their one song, this lyric, it just, it hits it. And it says, and you said, I know that this will hurt. But if I don't break your heart, then things will just get worse. If the burden seems too much to bear, remember, the end will justify the pain it took to get us there. People have this misconception that the Christian life, the Christian relationship with God is this, is this wonderful waltz, you know, the kind that you see grandma and grandpa doing at the wedding dance where they're just real sweet old couple. But really, I mean, if we're, we're going to be honest, what a real relationship is like, it's like the tango where you have that strong hold and it's, I lead. No, I'm in the lead. No, I'm in the lead. I love you. Now kiss me. <laughs> I'm serious. I wish my relationship with God was like the waltz where I could just do the real slow dance. But in reality, it is, I want to lead. No, I'm going to let you lead. No, I'm going to lead. We're fighting back and forth. And when, I think sometimes when young Christians get into it and they, they start going deeper in their faith, that is sometimes scary. 
gotta let God, I gotta live by faith. I gotta let God take control. <laughs> but if we're, if we're to step up, if we're to actually show someone how that's done, is that much more believable? That's why I'm a big fan of testimonies. I'm a big fan of teens giving their testimonies in youth because that shows other teens when their senior high do it, it shows our junior high, it can be done. You can live holy. There is redemption through the blood of the cross. You have to hurt, hurt, hurt. Dang it, Adam, you got to me. Growth can be painful and confusing. And sometimes you have to hurt in order to heal. Years ago when I very first got into, um, very first got into, I don't know how to put it, ministry. I was in ministry before, but this was like I was was getting paid now. The the money was rolling in. Not really. (laughs) Youth ministry. It's never money rolling in. I came to this time where I thought, is this really what I want to do? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, this isn't it. This, this cannot be it. I was serving. My heart wasn't in the right place. And I just thought, I just want to be done with this. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not a people person. I absolutely hated public speaking. In fact, in Bible college, I, one of my public speaking times that I had to go up there, I spoke about Bigfoot. That's how much I despised it. It's persuasive speech. I got a C on it. But I got to the point where I, I, just, I was ready to be done. And that was it. I, I made up my mind. I'm done with youth ministry. I'd been part of it for several years. I'd been part of it for years before that, unpaid. But I'm done. So I began taking, um, taking courses at a local college in, in accounting. Uh, you know what? I like math. Math doesn't involve public speaking. Um, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll do that. That'll work, right? And I'll, I'll go long enough to where I could get a good job and I'll make a lot of money and I'll be happy that way and I'll be satisfied. Now, this is in completely the opposite direction that, that God had, had called my life. And I could, I could show you the spot on I-71. I could, I could show you the mile marker Right there, I was driving home one night. I was about ready to get on Ronald Reagan Highway, which just means nothing to you because none of you are from Cincinnati. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Getting ready to head back home when God just took my heart and he just broke it. He said, what are you doing? I didn't make a mistake. You were meant for ministry. Those areas you're lacking in, that's because you need to rely on me for those. You cannot rely on yourself. And he just, he broke me in, in such a way, I quit the classes, I was done with it. And, and let me tell you, I've had doubts. I've had doubts in ministry and I've had doubts in my Christian walk, but I believe that's part of it. That's part of the, the relationship. 
is that you doubt and then you go to the Father. Look, I'm hurting, I'm struggling with this. I'm not gonna make it. I had been in a fight with God with that for, for a while. But then at that time, on I-71 in my car, just by myself, he just grabbed me and I had to tap out. There was no other way around it. I had to stop what I was doing. I, had to st- I stopped the classes. I, I, I put my whole heart into the ministry and started afresh there. But so many times in my life, in my, in my Christian life, I've had to do that. I've had to stop and I have to put the brakes on and say, you know what, God, I've been fighting against you for too long on this and I'm gonna have to do some things right. As a teenager, I remember I tried to live my own way after I was saved. I was saved and I knew that and I knew that with assurance. But at the same time, I was trying to do my own thing in life. I was trying to still live the old way, talk the old way, run around with the same old crowd, do the same old bad things. And then one night, it finally got to be too much. God took a hold of me again and said, you cannot live this way. You cannot do this. You are mine now. I've called you to be precious and holy. And there in my, my parents' driveway, I remember it, it was a winter night. I got out of my car and I don't know why. I walked around to the back of the car and I just got down on my knees and I said, God, 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 forgive me. I want to be close to you. I want to do my best for you. I want to give my best all to you, Lord. And it's taken several times in my life where God has just absolutely had to break me to get me where he wants me to be. You have to hurt in order to heal sometimes. In order to get that closeness, you have to have that pruning because without that pruning, you're not going to yield much more fruit. People think it's easy to, be the, to live the Christian life. It cannot be farther from the truth. This is the most difficult thing I've ever done to try to live holy in an unholy world, to try to teach teenagers to be holy when they run, when they're in school with unholy people. To stand for God in a nation that has forgotten God. Most difficult thing. Growth can be painful and confusing. You have to hurt in order to heal. It's about time we start tapping out and letting God win in our lives. Letting God win in our households. Letting God win in our families. Letting God win in our teenagers' hearts, our children's hearts. We have to tap, tap out and let God win because... If God's not there, something else is going to take the place. That's just how it works. There's, there's an empty seat, and, and someone has to sit in that. It can be God, or it can be something else. There's no other way around it. When God is your foundation, I can promise you this. If you really make God your foundation, if you really take his word and you make it your foundation in your life, you will always be satisfied. I cannot stress that enough. You will always be satisfied. Whether you're rich, you're poor, whether you're sick, whether you're healthy, you will be satisfied in life because above all, you know that you have God with you. All too often we have people, we have people, myself included, I'm in this camp. When I say people, I mean myself also that God is, is calling us to be on fire. God is calling our teenagers because we call them dramatic, but I think they're very passionate and they're very bold with what they say. If a teenager doesn't like your music, they'll tell you that's old people music. <laughs> they have that boldness. 
And I, I firmly believe that they can take that boldness, they can take that passion, and they could transfer that to witnessing, transferring that to be having a good testimony. I think they can use that. I think they're equipped with that for a reason. But all too often what we have is God is calling people to be on fire and we're like, you know what, God, I'm more comfortable with a uh, 70 degree temperature on my thermostat. So we'll just keep it nice and comfortable in here. We set our comfort zone at 70 and God's like, get on fire, go do something. Get out there and go talk to someone. It's too easy to be comfortable. Step up. Tap out. No one likes to lose, but I'm telling you, that's the only way you can win in this life. The, the only way you can win is to let God take over you, to tap out and truly tap out. He's there. He's wanting to work with you. Being a Christian is a constant struggle. No doubt about that. And you and I must learn to constantly, constantly being, being there to tap out. So I want to ask you, is God calling you to tap out? Is God calling you to tap out? You roll that video for me. This morning, like that video clip showed, those two brothers in that fight? Is God holding you? Is God close to your heart? Is God knocking on the door to your heart, crying, I love you. It's okay. You can tap out now. You can give in. It's all right. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be there for you. But the only way it's going to work is if you tap out. If he's doing that for you this morning, the altar will be your time. If you would all stand with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, I've ran astray from you time and time again, Lord, and, and you've, you've always been faithful to, to draw me back, to draw me near, Lord. You've always been faithful to take care of me in times of uncertainty, in times where I was scared or I thought I knew better, Lord. You've always been faithful there. And Father God, I've, I want my life to, to be tapped out, Lord, to where I'm depending on you, I'm letting you win the fight. And Father God, I pray for each and every person in, the, in this room right here this morning, Lord, that, that Father, if they're, if they're dealing with something, Lord, if, if you're making an impression on their life to, to do something, to, a call to action or a call to change, or, or maybe, Lord, maybe they've never accepted you into their life. Maybe they've never been saved ever. Lord, that they would tap out, let you win that battle. Let you win that victory in their heart. Father God, we love you. We thank you. Your precious and holy name. Amen.
in my life, I've had many times where I've had to tap out and each and every time. It's been difficult, but looking back on it, I don't regret a single one of them. Letting God have the victory in my life, I could never regret that. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.